swept up in today's independent music. Good morning, everyone. In case it's not morning where you're at, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I am your host, Anthony Longhair Leclerc, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, the marvelous Marla Mouse McCarty. What's up, everybody? What is up? Um, my drink to you, every everyone watching, you, especially you, right there. Yeah, talk yeah. to you. Yeah, this episode brought to you by Jameson Ginger and Lime. Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag make us a sponsor. Hashtag fuck, fuck you, you pay me. me. Um, so today we're trying something new. We are. Today <gasps> is the first episode of Music Mysteries. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it really though? Your commitment to the bit is incredible. It's like I'm an actor or something. Yeah. Did you, like, train for that or something? Yeah, no, it's not like I went to school for three years for that. Oh, okay. Cool. Three. Condestined two. So, two. Two. Yeah, sure. <laughs> three, um, three separate full-year semester themes. Doesn't matter. Okay, so, um, <laughs> the way this music mystery thing goes is as follows. Uh, we ask people for questions about music. It can be any question about music, as long as music is involved in it. Can't guarantee we'll answer all of them. But, uh, just so anyone knows, anyone who watches this, send us your music questions. Throw them down in the comments, email them to us, Facebook message us, whatever. Send, send them by Carrier Pigeon. Sure. Um, <laughs> to find out about the latest bard in the North Country or whatever. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, we are just going to be talking about music questions, and today our very first music question comes from a good buddy of mine, Andrew Hiscock, who yeah. is a fucking phenomenal axe thrower. Um, True story. In case you don't know what that is, it is the process of picking up an axe and throwing it. Wait, axe Clue? throwing means you throw an axe? Clue is in the title. What? What? It's like being a mage of magic. Oh my god, my whole life's been a lie. Yeah, so um, so Andrew is a phenomenal axe thrower who is involved. He's actually... So, there is a... During our, our time away from everyone in the social life style that we're used to... Whatever. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> During our time away, while uh, we're trying to flatten the curve, as everyone says, and blah, 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 um, Andrew is a part of an Ontario team of axe throwers that is competing against the states. Mm -hmm. So it's the states and the provinces competing. That's fun. Yeah, super cool. So their first stream, I think, is this weekend, though I don't know when this episode will air, so it might have been this past weekend. Who knows? Anyway... Mm -hmm. Uh, and they'll be playing Oregon first. And, you know, fuck them. So, uh, <laughs> so they can go on the Oregon Trail. That's right. And, and then get die dysentery. dysentery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, so he'll be doing that. He's uh, doing axe throwing for charity as well. This is all online, by the way. So everyone's mm -hmm. streaming all of this stuff. Um so he's got targets set up that that he can live stream in order to count his scores. It's not it's not a big tournament everyone's getting together for. It's all being live streamed online. Mm. And um, 
so also shout out he's a coach uh along with me and a bunch of other buddies at northern experts you can check them out online uh they do i'm pretty sure uh they can work out getting you guys targets or whatever if you're interested in purchasing some for your back lot or whatever if you want the space to throw axes Mm -hmm. and um and then, of course, you should book with them when you can in the future. But aside from all that, and there will be more info in the description below about Andrew and the, the charity work that he's doing with the local charity. Half the proceeds of his axe throwing stuff will go to uh, to a specific um, autism charity uh, that's local here. And uh, yeah, so make sure to check him out. Check out some fun axe throwing. It's not like you have anything better to do. And I mean, uh, speaking of nothing better to do. We're going to answer our first music question. Yes, we are. Uh, given to us by Andrew. Thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, I hope to see you on the stream sometime on Tuesday, by the way, so we can play some more Great Big C for you. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, Marla. Yes? <laughs> what genre slash generation of music has revolutionized modern music the most? In the last decade. In the last decade? Yeah. Oh. Right? Damn, that's a good question. Yeah. That's, hmm. In the last decade. Hmm. Yeah, right? I Like, I'm struggling, because, like, like, I... Because that's the thing. It's like, because you... Before you said... The last decade, I was going to be like, this is the last century, I was going to hands down say the 60s, but... Um, well, that that's just generation. What about yeah. genre? Um, well, oh, like in the last century or just like... Sure, if we were, if we were going to answer that question, we it's the 60s the last, and what? Yeah, the last... It would be rock music. Okay. Um, but in terms of the last decade, that's really interesting because like... Music is so broad now. That's the thing. It's like there's so many genres and subgenres of stuff that like it's it's really hard to to think of something. Yeah. But it I mean you also have to think that like 10 years ago now isn't as isn't as far away as you no, thought it was. No, it's like between 2010 and now. Yeah. Like And like, I was already done college by that point. Yeah. I know you weren't. I'm just saying, like... I was in... You were still in high school. I was in grade 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, I was living on my own and, like, discovering whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, yeah, not doing that 10 years ago. <laughs> um... Fudge, man. Like, do you have an answer for that yet? Fuck no. I don't know. So, like, (laughs) okay. So what, first of all, it's weird to say what generation revolutionized music in the last decade. What genre or generation? Both. What genre stroke generation has revolutionized Mm -hmm. modern music the most in the last decade. Well, if we're going to go generation style, I mean, I would say it's got to be, like, like Gen Z, like, the people who were born after the year 2000, like, um, and it's funny, because a lot of people, so a lot of people think that those are millennials, but millennials are actually not, it's like, if you're a millennial, if you're born between, like, 
it it was like ah, it's like the late eighties to the like nineteen ninety nine, I think, or something like that, or like maybe it's like ninety six or something. I don't know. Um, but like I think after the year two thousand, I believe it's Gen Z. So like the younger the younger folk are definitely coming in, and that's that's the thing that's interesting too. I find like. And, I mean, I feel like it's always been that way, too, is that, like, people are getting super famous at a really young age in this day and age of music. I mean, you look at people like Billie Eilish. When she started, she was, like, 15. Like, and she had, she was selling, like, out stadiums at, like, 15. It's ridiculous. Like, it's crazy. And so, I I mean, in terms of generations, yeah, for sure, definitely, I would say... Um, the Gen Z has kind of been a driving force in that sense because there's so many really young pop stars right now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, so yeah, so I don't, I, I should have confirmed with Andrew on this one, but mm. when he says generation, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that he means like what generation of music. Mm. So like when you said if it was the last century, you'd say the sixties. Mm. So... If you're thinking of generation as in era, as in okay, whatever, what kind of music like, has influenced modern day, like the music of the last ten years, the most? Yeah, I would say because that's interesting too. Thinking about it that way, because um, like I know definitely at least in the like especially in the past like five years or so, a lot of people have really been bringing back the 70s in terms of music like you listen to like and it's and it spans like a couple of different genres too like in terms of listening to rock music like you get bands like the sheepdogs and greta van fleet that are like really hearkening back to that 70s mm. cal rock vibe and people and even in like i mean even bringing in like fashion i guess to like in the past 5 years or so like people have really started wearing more like 70s style clothing like the 70s has definitely come back in terms of fashion and i feel like music and fashion are definitely very intertwined um but it also comes into play in pop music as well like you know you listen to bands like Daft Punk Bring really bringing back that disco, like, mm-hmm. like absolutely bringing back that like disco beat and like the that whole vibe of this the seventies disco stuff is definitely coming back a bit in in some pop music, especially like in the beats of music. I find like some of them really have a disco beat to them. So like if we're going from that angle, I'm gonna say probably the seventies. And you also said the genres, too. Yeah. So I figured I was going to differ with you on this one. Yeah. And I was right. So <laughs> um, so my thought... I mean, I could throw part of it into the 70s. Mm-hmm. Some of the same genre. Um, but I'm going to throw most of it into the 80s. And I'm going to say pop and funk. Yeah, there's definitely that portion of it too. Like the especially eighties synth shit is mm-hmm. really coming back. Like well, you look at uh, Sorry, I'll let you speak, but Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so because 
um, with the funk, I got the funk. With the mm-hmm. funk, you get your Bruno Mars. Yeah, that's you what get I was say. you get a lot of even now Ed Sheeran stuff that he's since he's pulled away from his acoustic-y stuff and he's gone mm-hmm. poppier. Uh, you get some of that with Justin Bieber. You get all of that kind of stuff with uh, with newer R and B kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we're talking the whole last decade, then for sure, like funk has just been like mm-hmm. pushed in there, like bass wise and all that, like bass licks mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. That yeah, we're getting a lot of that. And then I say '80s pop because it was. <laughs> It permeated almost every fucking genre in the 80s, but mm. because of the a new the new technological innovation in the 80s mm. with synth and with modulation and all that computerized shit, that that I think is the biggest fucking thing to influence the last 10 years of modern music because mm. you brought up Daft Punk and they started when the 90s? Yeah, I think so. So late nineties. So I guess they're a part of this. Like they're they're a part of the evolution of what is now Mm -hmm. modern music of the last ten years, which took and Cher has a responsibility in this too. She can fuck herself, but um, and T Pain as well, right? So like, Mm -hmm. so auto tune used to be. I know I've bitched about this before on the podcast, but this is a new segment that we have, so I'm gonna bitch about it again. Autotune used to be a thing that was, like, just a tool mm-hmm. in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, maybe, even. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, like, this interesting thing where you're like, oh, my God, I can fix that note. I don't have to re-record it. I don't have to waste tape. It, you know, for those who are still using tape, because in the late 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s, a lot of people are still using tape. They are pushing the digital, right? And... So those who were still using tape didn't have to waste it. They could just like fix this because they they'd process the tape digitally and mm-hmm. then they would edit digitally and then they would save themselves a fuck ton of time. And then Cher did that godforsaken was in nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine song. Yeah. That mm-hmm. fucking song. Hopefully that doesn't get us a copyright thing. I just realized. Uh, but it's three seconds of the song. <laughs> less than that, but. If like so when that song came out, that whole thing was auto-tuned. That whole track mm-hmm. was auto-tuned. And it was weird it gave her this weird warble that it brought it first of all, it made her relevant again after fucking fifteen years of nothing. Yeah. And then uh so that brought her back into the mainstream and everyone was like, What? And then people like T Pain took that and were like, Yeah, that's the new normal yeah they and took then, it and ran with it to the nth degree like same with kesha too yes which is too bad because t-pain has a great voice and so does kesha yeah now sure yeah i was gonna say well i've heard some of her tracks before autotune and i'm like ah yeah um but, but like you hear her do stuff now like and i've seen her do like acoustic stuff live and i'm like okay she actually has a good voice though well that's good yeah um but it's not good that it's all Ending up auto-tuned and shit mm-hmm. in studio. So now that's the normal. Everything is processed. Everything is auto-tuned. Everything is fixed, right? I want to still hear those little fuck-ups. I want to hear the little things in there that mm-hmm. you're like, ah, it's not like, fuck, if I... I don't want a perfect performance. I want to see something that's interesting. 
Yeah. And so, like, this, this is why people go to see bands live. They don't go to get a studio performance. They go because they want to have a moment of, like, oh, and he sang this differently. Or, oh, she fucked that moment up. And that was, like, a whole, like, whoa. And then she just went with it. And it mm. made, like, this whole new thing. Or they improvised this whole deal. Like, Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a different experience. And... And but everyone is so accustomed now to the studio experience. Like when they someone releases an album, if, if first of all, if it's not pitch perfect, if the guitar has a buzz, if you know the vocals aren't just super polished, people are like, ah, it's kind of a shit singer, mm. or like, oh, well, they can't really play guitar, you know, or whatever. Else. It's like, I know you'll appreciate this. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers mm-hmm. recorded on tape. Yeah. They did all their shit on tape. And that meant they had to do every song they recorded a million fucking times because the drums were too fast or Tom Petty didn't like that specific way he sang that thing. And so they had to do the whole song again. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they 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 do it on the floor live on tape and then they cut that together. You don't hear that sound much anymore. Like, you hear it from, like, independent artists who aren't all, like, the shoegazy fuckheads who put all of their ambient sounds in the... You know, like, yeah. that kind of shit. Whatever. But with, like, the stuff that it's actually... Where you can understand what's happening mm-hmm. and doesn't sound like mushmouth and whatever else. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff that's really pulled back in the independent world is great because it's just people who are recording their own shit mm-hmm. and that's all they know to do. They haven't paid, you know, the thousand dollars for Melodyne to auto tune all this shit yeah, and like exactly. to, to fix everything. And so it's just, yeah. So they, they, you get a raw sound from them. I love that. I wish more people love that, but the, the top artists and the new normal is super polish and i i just don't like it because it's not real you hear them live unless they're lip syncing it's not super polish Mm. you get those nuances you get different things right like if you're sitting around a campfire it's not super polish you're just hanging out you're just playing music just give me the music i want the real like i know polish is still real music but i want to feel that music more and i feel it more when i hear and feel the musician feeling it more and i don't get that when it's a fucking robot singing the goddamn mm-hmm. thing and that's that's I, I i definitely agree with you on that and like that's why i really gravitate to like a lot of artists like you know like joel plaskett or ryan adams where both of those artists they they put it really acoustic shit and it's just them it's just them singing yeah they're like you may hear a couple fuck-ups in, in there but that's what makes it real is and i that's what i appreciate about their music is that yeah. they keep that stuff in there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I appreciate it, mainly because I'm not a musician to polish shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been hanging on to an album's worth of music for a long time because it's not sounding the way I want, but the way I want changes depending on my mood, right? That's so, like, true, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm actually dropping the tracks and sending them to, to mm-hmm. be... Uh, to be engineered, but mm-hmm. they're not going to be engineered with autotune. That's for fucking sure. Mm-hmm. It's the main reason why when I went to record it last year, I couldn't because I went to do it with a bunch of guys who are going to be like a backing band, essentially like session mm-hmm. musicians, essentially for it. 
And I just couldn't because they're like, oh, maybe like change that chord or like maybe, oh, well, you know, it, it's, it seems like this might not work with it because then it sounds too repetitive if it's a band doing the stuff and like mm-hmm. whatever else. And and I love I love all of those guys, by the way. They're all great musicians. They're mm-hmm. all better musicians than I am. And the, and their input was wonderful. But at the end of it, it's, I have played like bars and campfires and waterfronts and house concerts and shit mm-hmm. all my life now and like for over 20 years of my life now mm. and so i uh i know that's the sound i want yeah i want i want it to be as raw as possible because that's how i've affected people that's how i've touched people mm-hmm. not like you know but <laughs> And not creepy like that, mm. but uh, but yeah. So so my answer is, uh, and I think unfortunately so, is that eighties um, funk and pop music, and and I agree with your seventies mm. twist with disco as well. Yeah, are the the most um, significant in terms of the the evolution of the last 10 years of music mm-hmm. i wouldn't say that they fucking i guess i guess basis in that has revolutionized what music has been in the last 10 years yeah unfortunately i don't think it's a good thing so that's my answer i dropped this mic but it cost too much yeah, so yeah mm-hmm. but yeah that's i think that's a great question yeah and it really made me think <laughs> thank you andrew thank you um so yeah, tune yeah. in next time for music mysteries. Ooh. Ooh. Well, cool. Thanks for the question, Andrew. Yeah. And send us your questions, everyone, if you find this remotely interesting. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting, but of too. course it's because I'm the one thinking and talking about it and then listening mm. to you think and talk about it. So, well, I'm not listening to you think, but, well, yeah. sometimes because you, you often think aloud. But <laughs> And we want to know what you guys think about this question too. So, you know, write in the comments your thoughts on this because we'd love to know. She wants to know. I want to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, seriously, leave your yeah. answer to this question in the comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us more questions and we will get more of this out to you as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So until then, uh, we you know. will see you guys later. Swept Media. Get swept up in today's independent music. We'll have some sort of like title screen. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm gonna mm. fuck with it because I probably won't release this for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'll just like play around. I would just be like Scooby Doo looking. Well, that's gonna cost us a lot of money in copyright infringement. <laughs> well, never mind that. It was a nice idea. It's funny that you brought up Scooby-Doo, though, mm. because one of the examples I brought up of why autotune has happened so much and has become such a big thing was Cher. And did you know that when Sonny and Cher were still together, when Sonny was still alive, mm. they did an episode of Scooby-Doo together? Did they really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Well, now you do. Now I know. You don't need to watch it. Yeah, that's fine. I'm probably fine not watching that. Cool. Mm. Sweet. Yeah.